Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. And the team it's been great to to praise the Lord together like that. Um we are in 1 Samuel, so will you open your Bibles in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and today we'll be reading from verse 12 to 36 to the end of the chapter. Just a little bit of a longer passage. But if you would mind following with me in your Bibles, First Samuel, chapter two, twelve to thirty-six. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men; they did not know the Lord. The custom of the priests with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice the priest servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot all that the fork brought up the priest would take for himself this is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there moreover Before the fat was burned the priest's servant will come and say to the man who was sacrificing give meat for the priest to roast for he will not accept boiled meat from you but only raw and if the man said to him let him burn the fat first and then take as much as you wish he will say no you must give it now and if not i will take it by force thus the sin of the young man was very great in the sight of the Lord for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt Samuel was ministering before the Lord a boy clothed with a linen ephod and his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice then Eli would bless Okana and his wife and say may the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord so then they would return to their home indeed the Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord now Eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of the meeting and he said to them why do you do such things for i hear of your evil dealings from all these people no my sons it is no good report that i hear the people of the lord spreading abroad If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him, but if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God to Eli and said to him, "Thus says the Lord, Did I indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, subject to the house of Pharaoh? 
Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? To go up to my altar to burn incense, to wear an effort before me? I gave to the house of your father all my offerings by fire from the people of Israel. Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling and honor your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house so that there will, be there, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Then in distress you will look with envious eyes on all the prosperity that shall be bestowed on Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. The only one of you whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be spared to weep his eyes out to grieve his heart. And all the descendants of your house shall die by the sword of men. And this that shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be assigned to you. Both of them shall die on the same day. And I will rise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread, and shall say, Please put me in your Please put me in one of the priest's places that I may eat a morsel of bread. Only so far. Oh Lord, as, as we come to your word, we, we recognize our smallness before the great God that we've just sang about. The holy God. Lord, we, we, we recognize that we are in need of you, this great God, speaking to us. That is, it is by your word that we live. So, Lord, we ask you that you will speak to us tonight. Please do speak to us. Do not let me come in the way, but Lord, be exalted in spite of me. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? Now, there are a lot of young people here, and maybe this hasn't crossed your mind. I am sure some of the more mature folk have thought about this. What, what are people going to say about me when I'm, when I'm gone? Or, you know, what, what, what do I leave behind? Um, this last Sunday, I was in PE for a wedding of a friend, and they asked me, they wrote me in to help with the worship on the Sunday. And, um, and the guys that do worship with me know that from time to time I do some musical arrangements. And we were doing a song, 
And, and then I always do a certain arrangement of that song, and I was wondering if they were going to do it, and they did. And then the, the drummer came to me afterwards, like, since you've left, we've done it every time. Uh, and it felt nice. It was a nice. <laughs> um, but here, here's something interesting. If all of us are somehow a product of our parents, uh, whether for good or bad. Now, that doesn't mean that um, we're not responsible for our actions or anything good or bad that happens to us. We must blame our, our upbringing. But the reality is that parents have a huge influence in how we are formed, how our character is formed. And and we inherit uh, certain things. So a good thing I inherited from my father was just the um, understanding that there is never enough prayer. There, we, we must always pray more. Um, I, I, I'm very thankful for my Christian upbringing. But a bad thing that I got from my father was that he never taught me about any handiwork. Any, I, I am clueless in fixing anything because he never fixed anything. <laughs> um, and so we are, um, in some measure, a, a product of what our parents and our upbringing. Um, and today we come to this passage, which is a sad story. It is... Um, a story of a charge against a father and a priest. The failure of a father and a priest, of Eli. It's really a charge against Eli, his sons, and his whole household. And, and so we start with Eli's son's wickedness. And, and the Bible is very blunt. does not measure any words we see there in verse 12, they were worthless men. They were worthless men, and they did not know the Lord. Now, obviously here, it's not talking that, that Eli's sons didn't know about the Lord, but this no in the Old Testament is not just an intellectual or theoretical recognition. It is to enter into fellowship with him and acknowledge his claims on one's life. It often has a covenantal connotation. So Eli's sons were serving in the temple and did not truly know the very person they were serving. They were wicked men. They did not listen to what the law had commanded them to do in terms of their priestly functions. There were, we see that people were telling them what to do. In other words, don't, don't burn the fat yet. In Leviticus 7.31, it says, The priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the, the breast shall be for Aaron and his sons. Again, in Leviticus, And the priest shall burn them on the altar as food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places, that you eat neither fat nor blood. 
the fat was not supposed to be eaten by the priests. And the people came and say, you're not supposed to do that. And they saying, give it to me or I'm going to take it by force. They disregarded the manner by which they were serving. You would think that they would learn from their forefathers who got uh, killed by offering strange fire. But no, they have complete disregard in how they serve the Lord. And unfortunately, we, we do see that today. Uh, many churches with charlatans, greedy men that have no business serving, for they do not know the Lord standing up front and they actually wolves in sheep's clothing. What this points out and, what, and the consequences of, of this attitude of, of contempt in how they serve should make us to pause and recognize that you and me, we ought to be very careful on how we are serving the Lord. That the God that we serve is a holy God and there is an appropriate manner in which we must serve Him. That God has instructed us in a way that He ought to be worshipped and we must listen to Him and obey Him. It is, it is more than just doing things. See, what... <clears throat> What the Bible attributes this contempt is that they didn't know the Lord. We, we ought to recognize that it is to be standing up here or, or to be serving is more, is more than just doing a task, but it is about a devoted affection towards our Savior. Towards our Lord. What attitude do you have when we serve? You know, um, I'm kind of the, the worship guy, and, and in the past, um, I've come across great musicians. Um, uh, there was a guy in, in PE, we used to call him Freaky Fingers, because he was, <laughs> he was on the piano. He was <laughs> just amazing. And, and um, someone told him, why don't you get him to play on a Sunday? It would be amazing. The problem is, he does not know the Lord. How can we lead people where we haven't been? There is a right way to serve the Lord. And it starts with an intimate and a close relationship with Him. But throughout this passage, what the author of Samuel does is he's painting a clear contrast between the sons of Eli and Samuel. Look there from verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen effort. 
And then, um, again, in verse 21, And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Samuel is growing into serving in the right manner, in contrast with the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas. There is a, a clear contrast even between the families. On the one hand, Eli is not doing much about the wickedness of his sons, and that's that family. And in contrast, Samuel's family, Elkanah and Hannah, are coming every year, year by year, to present the sacrifice. They receive a priestly blessing from Eli for Hannah to, get, to receive children. And, and, she, and the Lord visits her, and she conceives and, and bears three sons and two daughters. And so there is a, this clear contrast that the, the author is trying to show us. Eli's family, Samuel's family. And then he goes back to point out of more wicked things that Eli's sons were doing. We see that they were sleeping with women who were serving at the entrance of the tent. Can you imagine that? Some, some scholars even point out that some of these women came to bring offering. And now, this worthless man, this priest, using their authority and power, would sleep with, with these women. At the temple, people are seeing this. It is a, it is a disgrace. And, and by the way, this, is, this was not talking about temple prostitution, as some have suggested. But this was wicked. This was evil. One, one uh, scholar puts it like this, the particular powerful and perverse form of greed mentioned here and sexual immorality where leaders use their position to exploit others for their own sexual pleasure is all too familiar. If we have become too cynical to be shocked, we do well to pause. Leadership like that of Hophni and Phineas was and is evil. And unfortunately, we still see abusive leadership taking place today. Last, last year, there was a report from the Southern Baptist where 400 pastors were found to be guilty of some kind of abuse. And so Eli goes to their sons and say, it is not right what you are doing. I am hearing the reports of all the people of Israel, and this is, is not good. But there is a scary phrase that the Bible tells us there in verse 25. But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. We are Baptists. We are going through the, 
the Bible, and this is in the Bible, and we're going to deal with it. What this verse is abundantly clearly saying is that God closed the ears of Eli's sons not to hear the warning of Eli. Because God wanted to put them to death. Now, this is a very scary thought. This is a sobering thought. But it points out that their wickedness was such that the Lord had, in a way, said, This is enough. I'm going to deal with them. They are not going to carry on. No matter if Eli is going to warn them, their, their fate is sealed. John Piper says, it was too late for Eli's sons. They had crossed the line of no return. The sentence had been given by the Lord. They were to be slain by the Lord. And this is, for us, a sobering thought that we, you must be careful if you are continue sinning willfully, you may find yourself in dangerous waters. It, 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 call, it, may, it must cause us to pause and examine our hearts. And by the way, this in no way diminishes their guilt or the responsibility of their actions that they had. They were doing the evil deeds. They were doing the wicked things. And again, the author goes back to Samuel, verse 26. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with men. Now, I want to just pause on, on something that struck me about this little verse. Isn't it interesting that it seems that Growing in stature with, in favor with the Lord and with men seems to go hand in hand. For me, one of the clear signs of spiritual stagnation is when people stop having fellowship with other brothers and sisters. Those that grow... <laughs> They grow in favor with the Lord and with, with people. We need, we need each other to grow. See, in contrast, all the people saw the worthlessness of Eli's sons. All the people were seeing the, the wickedness that they were doing. But as they looked at Samuel... They saw someone that was, was growing in stature and in favor with the Lord. And these words are the same words that is used by Luke in 2.52 to refer to our Lord Jesus Christ as he was growing. And so we are seeing here this very abundant 
this clear contrast between Eli's family and Samuel's family, Eli's sons versus Samuel. But towards the, we get to the end of this passage from 27 to 36, and it is God's verdict towards Eli's household. Now, it is important for us to, to note that Samuel was growing in the serving before the Lord, but God had not yet revealed himself to Samuel. That's coming chapter 3, and so don't miss out. You need to come next Sunday <laughs> for that. But it is clear the intention of the author in contrasting the way and manner by which they were serving. And so the verdict of the Lord against Eli's household, it is, it is in a way harsh. We, we would think it's, it's harsh. It says, I'm going to cut off. It, it, it prophesies that both sons are going to die in the same day. And we, we're going to see that in chapter 4. But why did this happen? How did Eli get to this point? How did, how did he get to that, to such a bad stage? I'm sure that Eli didn't go into the priesthood, you know, thinking this was going to happen. I'm sure that as a father, he, it must have broken his heart to see how the, all the people of Israel, uh, the, the way that they despised his sons. Why did this happen? Well, let, let us look at verse 29. And so we, we don't know who the prophet is that comes to Eli, a man of God, comes to, to give him this warning and this verdict from the Lord. And this is what he says in verse 20, 29. Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling and honor your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people, Israel. See, Eli did not want to discipline his children. Eli put a blind eye to what they were doing. And, and so disregarded the priestly functions and the, his priestly duties to God, instead of punishing them, he allowed these things to happen. And, and this, this um, verse also says that he himself had some gaining in, in what was happening. He took off of the choicest um, sacrifices. The Bible tells us later on that he was, he was fat. 
A scholar puts it like this, by permitting his sons to deal profanely with the sacrifices and to be served first by taking their part before the fat, Eli thus honored his sons above God. Eli, as chief priest, should have honored God above all men, even his sons. And had they done it so, they would have been punished for their evil deeds, even put to death. Eli failed to discipline his sons. And, and this is for, for me as a father and for the fathers that are here. We, we know it's not always easy to, to discipline. But it was because Eli failed to discipline, he put the, his sons above God. Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 12, verse 11 says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Here Eli honored the sons more than God by allowing them to continue in their wickedness. Now this is this is a a sad a sad story on how how wicked they became because of of um, lack of discipline from Eli's part and how the whole people of Israel suffered because of this and so God says he, he was going to cut off. In verse 30 says, But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. There was a, 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 an athlete, um, Eric Little, was one of Britain's great athletes, and later he gave his life for Jesus on the mission field. And in 1924, he was to run for Britain in the Olympics when it was discovered that the preliminary heats of his best event, the 100 meters, will be run on a Sunday. Quietly but firmly, Little refused to run. The day of 400 meters race came, and as Little went to the starting blocks, an unknown man slipped a piece of paper in his hand with a quotation from 1 Samuel 2.30. Those who honor me, I will honor. That day, Eric Little set a world's record in the 400 meters. The point that I want to make here, or the, the application, is... Who or what are you honoring? What are you putting above God? See, Eli's love for his sons was not a bad thing. But the lack of discipline showed that... He put them above his love and zeal for God. 
we often can make good things idle things. Our family, our jobs. And we can sometimes fall into this trap of honoring things and put them in a place that they do not belong. Even in spite of what God had told um, Eli, he still kept a remnant. Later on, this priest that he speaks of in verse 35, and I will rise up for myself a faithful priest, is most likely Zadok who served um, David. And so God is, is faithful to his promise, but the really whole point of, of this passage is that he is a holy God, that we ought to serve him with care, that we ought to recognize who is it that we are dealing with, that it is not that we cannot do things in, in any way and, and expect to, to be okay because God is a holy God. And you know, you and I need to be reminded of this. I, I need to be reminded of this as I come to, to serve the Lord. That when we sing... It is to this holy God. When we serve, it is to this holy and great God. That we cannot just be willfully sinning and then come next minute and, and serve the holy God as if they, it's, that's okay. We ought to examine our hearts and repent of our sins and, and recognize I am serving a holy God. We praise the Lord that Jesus has forgiven our sins and we can and must approach the throne of grace with confidence. But we ought to come in awe and retrospect, examining our hearts before the Holy God. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the team to sing that song again. Only a Holy God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you are a great God and we come to you in in awe and recognize that you are awesome beyond description. But Lord, we also want to examine our hearts, Lord. Help us not to play with sin. Help us to serve you with an attitude of humility, 
with an attitude of recognizing your greatness, oh God. Lord, I, I pray for us as, as leaders that you would help us to stay close to you. Help us to be in close relationship with you that we may not fall and lead your people astray. I also pray, Lord, even for parents here, including myself, that you will help us in disciplining our children, Lord. Help us to put you first above all things, O oh God. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who has made a way for us to come with confidence to you, the Father, and to worship you in the way that we can. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.